Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. This is Meep, or Mary Pat Campbell, and today I'm going to continue talking about life insurance fraud, but really more fraudulent life insurance companies. Now, as a consumer, you're unlikely to run into this, especially in this day and age. It's hard to come across a fraudulent life insurance company, especially since they're not really making money off of policyholders. I'm going to go over two examples, one fictional and one very much real. Uh, the real one does have a fictionalization of it, though, and all life actuaries know about it. I'm going to say billion dollar bubble and James Woods, but I'll come back to that at the end. So I'm going to start with the fictional fraudulent life insurance company, which is the Anglo-Bengali Disinterested Loan and Life Assurance Company, uh, headed by one Montague Tig, or is it Tig Montague? I get those two mixed up. Well, they're the same person. This is in the Dickens novel Martin Chuzzlewit, which is my second favorite Dickens novel, my favorite Dickens novel being Our Mutual Friend, uh, which has all sorts of frauds in it. But um, Dickens really, really understood business fraud very well. And he really understood insurance well. I understand he became friends with an actuary, but I'll leave that story for another time. I just want to tell the story of the Anglo-Bengali Disinterested Loan and Life Assurance Company. I'm not going to quote the novel because it does go on for a bit. Montague Tig, or Tig Montague, is a con man who had attached himself to one Chevy Slime, who is part of the Chuzzlewit, the very extended Chuzzlewit family. Martin Chuzzlewit Sr., the grandfather, is a very rich man, and everyone's hanging on, waiting for him to die and try to get his money. Well, Chevy Slime is a very extended cousin, nephew, whatever, and he has been getting this guy, Montague, Tig, tagging along with him, who has been scrounging for little bits of money. Well, Montague Tig, or Tig Montague, disappears at a certain point and pops up again, looking rather dapper and being in charge of an insurance company, where a different nephew, Jonah Chuzzlewit, has shown up trying to insure his new bride's life after the death of his father and complaining that other insurance companies have been balking at paying the claims on the life insurance policies on his father, which you would think, given his father is was, I should say, pretty old, um, you know, you would expect they would just pay the freaking claim. Yeah, and there are some reasons to say that, you know, Jonah's father's death was a little suspicious, and there's a whole plot around that. In any case, he wants to insure his wife's life without notifying her, and yeah, there's a tale there too. But Montague Tig, or Tig Montague, uh, reveals himself to Jonah 
and tells him the scheme he has in this Anglo-Bengali disinterested loan and life assurance company, which is more or less a Ponzi scheme. And he shows that to Jonah and shows it to various other things, in which case you start to realize that the life insurance company is actually not a fraud on the policyholders, though it kind of is. It's more a fraud on the supposed investors. And Jonah realizes this, and that leads to things in plot. And then Seth Pecksniff gets drawn in, and he, quote, invests in the company and loses all his money. I will give that spoiler away. Uh, in any case, it's quite the little fraud, and it's a fraud from the beginning. This was actually not an unusual case, or I should say an unusual opinion about life insurance companies in the 19th century in England, definitely, and also in the United States. This is why a lot of the longest lived life insurance companies in the U.S. and in Britain aren't what we would call, uh, you know, publicly traded. I mean, I shouldn't say what we would call, but they aren't um, for-profit life insurers, but they're mutual insurers or fraternals. So companies such, like, such as New York Life or Mass Mutual or Northwestern Mutual, these are all mutual life insurance companies. And there's also um, fraternals such as Thrivent, which is a Lutheran fraternal. There's Knights of Columbus, which is a fraternal of Catholics, um, and that's a life insurance fraternal company, um, and it sells individual life insurance. And there's other fraternals out there, Woodman, um, and some of them are very small. And the concept with fraternals and mutuals is that these life insurance companies are owned by the policyholders and not by stockholders. This was to protect policyholders. And also the concept was that because this was an organization, say like Knights of Columbus, this would be through your parish churches, the people who were members. So that was a men's fraternal, a Catholic men's fraternal. They would all be looking at each other. You would know the members personally, that would prevent fraud. Um, and uh, so all the policyholders had a shared interest. Uh, so you wouldn't get defrauded as a policyholder. You wouldn't get defrauded as, say, an investor. And that's why a lot of the life insurers were mutuals. I'm not sure on the British side, um, but this is the concept. Uh, a lot of the for-profit life insurers, and, and it's it was already considered morally suspect that you are more or less betting on other people's deaths. If you think viaticals uh, when it was AIDS patients, and it, they're called life settlements now, or considered <laughs> or considered a little morally suspect now, just life insurance as a product in general. Uh, was always seen as a little dirty back then. So that's one aspect. So let me get to something that's a little more recent 
And it was, again, not defrauding policyholders, but defrauding investors and in particular, reinsurance companies. And this is the Equity Funding Corporation of America. Uh, there was a fictionalization of what happened here in about, it's, it's like about an hour long or 50 minute program. I think it was a PBS program um, called the Billion Dollar Bubble. And when I said all of the life actuaries and, you know, some health and, you know, other Society of Actuaries members, if you're an FSA, that's a fellow of the Society of Actuaries, you get to see this movie. I think it's just on a VHS tape. And please, you know, PBS or whoever has the rights to this, can we get a better uh, version of this or a better copy or just let it be on YouTube because we love it so much. Uh, James Woods plays the chief actuary, I believe, and then Christopher Guest plays the IT guy. Um, and there's some other actors you would recognize in this. And the concept here, Equity Funding Corporation of America, was a life insurance company and sold mutual funds as well. And my understanding is that, and this is just like Enron, these companies were not frauds to begin with. They weren't intended to be frauds to begin with. The way they started going down the fraudulent path is the same way many financial frauds of publicly traded companies started going down that path. They missed performance goals. And so they started tweaking the numbers and then doing things to make it match those numbers. And then of course the fraud snowballs. So let me explain how this fraud worked. This fraud worked by making fraudulent life insurance policies and they would put it into the accounting system. It This fraud required a lot of people and they had to have known it was a fraud. Dozens of people uh, got criminally convicted, if I remember correctly. Uh, the main actuary involved got kicked out of the actuarial organizations. There wasn't a formal process at the time, if I remember correctly. And the Society of Actuaries, the American Academy of Actuaries, those people, or I should say those organizations did develop formal disciplinary processes uh, after this so that um, we didn't have to do it ad hoc uh, after that. So there's a whole process. Um, people have gotten ejected permanently from the actual organizations for you know being convicted of fraud by the SEC and that sort of thing. Um, in any case, so they generated fake life insurance policies. They accounted, they put it on the books that they had this, you know, enforce life insurance policies. So they booked premium and then they would reinsure these policies. Okay, so there's reinsurance, which would mean they'd have to pay reinsurance premium. So the reinsurers did get reinsurance premium. And here's the key part then they would mature these policies. That means they would report these people died to the reinsurer, and then the reinsurer would pay death benefits to the company. So there would be a real cash flow back 
to the insurance company. There is a scene in Billion Dollar Bubble where it's James Woods and Christopher Guest together where they're making up the policies while they're smoking marijuana and they're laughing. And it's just, it is the most popular scene to the actuaries, just in case anybody wants to know. We are laughing our asses off watching this. So this is our favorite scene, but I have told, you know, the SOA and other groups, we shouldn't wait until the fact that's the fellowship, fellowship admissions. Um, oh, geez, what is this called? It's been so many years. Admissions, fellowship admissions course. Sorry, we call it the fact where we have so many three letter, um, three letter acronyms, TLAs, uh, that we shouldn't wait until the very end when we get our FSA to tell people or show people this. Um, we should show it as soon as possible. When I taught uh, at the University of Connecticut, uh, the writing course, and asked the students, has anyone told you about what can get you ejected or get you stripped of your actuarial credentials? No. I mean, we they focus on the exams and this, that, and the other. I'm like, let me tell you about professional ethics, and let me tell you how fraud gets started, and let me tell you, because it's more than just calculation. Um, you need to know how it rolls into this and it starts out by, well, we'll just do a little bit of recording in advance of premiums that we have not yet earned. Um, and it shouldn't just be accountants. I mean, sorry, it shouldn't just be actuaries. It should also be accountants. They need to learn about this. Um, often you don't learn about this until you're on the job. And then of course you're going to be influenced by where you work and the people you are surrounded by. So if you're surrounded by, you know, certain types of people, and if you're in a certain kind of environment, you know, if you're at Goldman Sachs or McKinsey, or, you know, if you're at EY or if you're at Milliman, or if you're at Enron, this is going to be different situations. If you're at Bernie Madoff, a lot of these had legit operations. Not everybody is doing fraud. Um, and the other side of it also is how do you detect this stuff? If you're at a reinsurer, you audit your sedents. That's the insurers that are reinsuring to you. You do need to check. Most of the time, they're just saying, this is how many people died and this is the death benefits. Well, every so often you do need to audit that these people actually died. Hey, we need to see some death certificates here. Uh, most of the time, unlike with property and casualty reinsurance, there's not a huge amount of dispute between the sedent and the reinsurer that what is owed. Um, where the disputes start getting involved is whether the sedent is hewing to underwriting standards. But um, usually you're expecting that your sedent is not defrauding you <laughs> as to that these are real policies and these are real people dying because it's pretty serious if you are making up uh, policies. Now, this was back in the 1970s uh, and 1960s that this occurred. Um, this was one of the keys here that I would say is a tip off is if you have a company that, especially a finance company that steadily grows and doesn't see any dips or anything like that, I would be suspicious. That's just me. 
Um, that's like Bernie Madoff. If you see steady growth of a financial company, you're like, huh, what's going on there? Just a tip. I always find that suspicious. So, anyway. <laughs> that's been Stump, Death and Taxes. See y'all later.